0: to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to be starting a new series this morning. Um, uh, we're going to call we, "We're Made for More. Come on, say that with me. We're made for More. It is true. The Lord's really made... We are not an accident. No. You, just, you just didn't happen to happen in 2019 and be here just by chance. You are a part of something that God's been thinking about since before the foundations of the earth and and when the moment we grab a hold of that reality and that truth it changes who we are so this morning, when I start this series, we to look at the book of Ephesians a few times uh, in a, for a couple, a, a number of weeks here. Um, uh, but I want to go to Ephesians chapter one and get going here a little bit. I'm going to read the first few messages. Honestly, I would do read the whole chapter, um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to spare you that. I might reference a few things from other verses that I don't read. But I want to encourage you if you want to kind of let, let them, this series really get into your soul, into your spirit, into your heart. I want to encourage starting today even if you're on a different plan get to the open up the book of Ephesians okay here's another trick I do sometimes and at least it is like I have what this Bible app that's called uh version uh, and then the U version has uh, a lot of different uh, tr- uh, translations you can use even audiobook, audio version so when I'm you know some I gotta move my lawn, right I've got help, at the, hu- help at the house. You know, you clean up. When you have a lot of kids, you clean up one time, you turn around, you find out. It's like, didn't I just clean that floor? Someone came and messed it up with it again. What I do, I just get my own, uh, my boss stereo uh, thing, and I pop up my Bible, and I listen to it. I listen to it again. I, I mean, the Word of God has never been more accessible yes. than now. Yes. But it has never been more, less read. In the body of Christ and now I'm speaking the truth, say amen now. Amen. Let's, change Let's change that. Because Satan doesn't want us to crack open the Bible. Mm-hmm. And when we don't know the word, when we are not founded in the word, you know what happens? We become subject, we become culpable to, 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 to the to the teachings. That bad teachings, you become culpable to to, to those things that the Bible says in the last days people will distort the truth, uh, and people will even preach out of their own gain, but we have to have a foundation, and when we have a foundation, then we get a lot out of it. So I want to encourage you, this is a bonus, you don't have to pay nothing for this, I promise it's free. If it doesn't bless your heart, we'll give you the refund, which is nothing. Right, so... in the word can I, can I emphasize that enough i know sometimes some people says well i've tried and i can't understand it i tell you you ask the lord yeah. to reveal the word of god to you and he will because god has an interest of revealing himself to you but god has to work with us See, because he's created us in his own image, so he's given us the thing that's called free will. That's why there's so much bad in the world, because God doesn't force us to do anything. He shows us the way. He shows us the way to life, and he says, man, if you go this way, you're going to die. If you go this way, you're going to live. And then God says, I want you to choose life. Choose life that you and your children might live. So he's giving us a choice. And that is such a powerful thing. Amen? So get to Ephesians. Read the book. It's so quick. You'll finish it before a quarter ends of a game. You will actually have it done. And you can re-listen to it. You can read it in a different version. And then it gets to sinking in. For some people that are new to reading the Bible, you see, I'm just uh, extending this bonus. Um. Get a good version that is understandable. Some people go in and they they read old King James, (laughs) where the meaning of certain things are different. And and you're like, you get even more confused, you don't understand it. Here's what I would recommend if you're brand new in reading the Bible, Uh, you you could pick up New International Version, NLT, that's good because it uses today's language, but it's actually a translation. You can also use the Message Bible, which is not a translation, it's a paraphrase. But it uses even more today's language if you're brand new to the Bible, and you'll find that a lot of things will make sense in the way that it's written. So, so God bless you. I hope that encouraged someone today to start their journey in reading God's word. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. It's a letter to the Ephesian church by Paul. He starts by saying that this is Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus. In Ephesus, The faithful in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the, by the will of God, to all of God's people in Lincoln, Nebraska, the faithful in Christ. Sometimes you've got to put yourself in it for it to, to speak to you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God of our Father, of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessings. I want to pause for a second here. It says that the Lord has blessed us with not some spiritual blessing, not in us, prejudices, every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms are available to us because God has already bestowed and called it ours. Because we are in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption. To sonships through Jesus Christ, in accordance with His pleasure, with the pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the One that He loves, meaning Christ. It says in verse seven, "In Him we have been redeemed; through, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of of grace, of God's grace, that He lavished on us." And with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Now, I love that. Because I, that question that people ask all the time is really understanding the will of God. But he says with all wisdom and all understanding that he has made known to us that mystery. That mystery of his will. Of his will in our lives in the time that we live in our generation his his will for our family his will for our future his will for generations to come after us you see we can be praying this is what's so powerful about being in christ he that we can be praying for things that will affect generations to come well after we are gone. You see, God wants us to start thinking. He says, I started thinking about you before you were ever conceived. Before there was a foundation of the earth, I already had thoughts and plans towards your life. So let me go on and finish what I was reading. <laughs> Which he purposed in Christ to be, to, to be put into effect when the time reaches the fulfillment and to bring unity of all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Now, in that passage alone, and I would read towards the end, it'll take us a long time, but I will summarize a little bit. Paul, what you see, something that is so exciting to me, is that he had really grabbed a hold of the revelation of who Jesus is. And more importantly, He had discovered his place in Christ. This is the beginning point on when a believer's life changes. When that light turns on and you realize how big and massive God's eternal plan is and then think that you're not a chance. You've always been a part of his plan. Can you pause for a moment and just think about that? Before there was ever creation. See, when you read Genesis chapter 1, it begins, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void and darkness covered over the face of the deep. And, and the spirit of God was offering over the waters. And then God said, let there be light and the light was there. So we see that as a beginning. But here he is saying, even before that event happened, Throughout history, generation after generations of people that have were ever born, God had predetermined the time that you and I would be born and be put on the earth. And He said that He had thought about every intricate details of our lives even before that. And He chose. That Christ will come at a certain time so that he could snatch us away from the power of the enemy who would come to destroy the plan of God in our lives. And that through Christ we can be a part of the people that God will call his own. That he predestined us to be adopted into his family. Now he says, you're mine. You're my children. You're my sons and my daughters. I thought about you before you thought about anything. I have this thing with a couple of my kids, actually it's probably been almost all of them at a certain age. I was putting my four-year-old to bed yesterday and I'm I'm taking her to bed and she didn't want to go to bed, but I knew she needed to go to bed. How many know those days, yeah? And then so at that point, you know, for new parents, sweet-talking is really good at that time you have a lot of leverage that you can use I said you're just the best Noel you are the best I love you so much you are the very best good smile you know you need to go to bed I says I love you more than you love me she said that I said no 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 that is impossible because I loved you before you were even born let me know that I got leverage I can do that I can win that battle every time but he went on circles but I got her to bed and off she went but you know the Lord loved us before we were even an idea you might think you are an accident because you think man how my parents are not the greatest people in the world I I don't know even how that happened but let me tell you God knew you still knows you and your whole life He's been trying to get you back to the divine purpose and plan that you he has for your life you are made for more you are made with a purpose to this day no matter how far you've gone or what you've done the failures you've experienced or things that have come your way that are are difficult to even fathom god has not lost his dream for your life and he's calling us day by day to come in and connect and walk with this plan. I have become more convinced in my life as I've followed Jesus since my teenage years. <laughs> oh, I was going to use the word convinced, but I, I think I'm going to pick on. Paul's words in Romans where it says I am persuaded yes, yes. I am persuaded that God is faithful yes. that if we would just trust him with his word about his, our lives that we would begin to seek him above all things that God is not a respecter of persons it doesn't matter who you are if you purpose to seek the Lord he will make himself known to you yes. That what we need in our time, what we need in the church, what we need more, if we need more of Jesus. Yes. We need more of him. Paul is revealing who Jesus is in the plan of God. But he says through this Christ, God has chosen that we are a part, we can become a part of what God's doing. Not only that, he gives us power to make, become witnesses of him to make an impact. He's chosen his church, appointed his church, who he calls his holy people in every special, his very special people he calls us, to be the people who express the fullness of who he is in everyday life. See, sometimes we complicate things. We divide my religion, my life, my church, my life, or my church life my life life or my school life my work life my what but Jesus wants us to become so filled with him that it shows in everything every sphere where we play where we work where we live it's like it's not separable we are just filled with Jesus that people know that there is something let me tell you Jesus is good he's faithful he will begin to bless your life in ways that will wow you and think there is no way in in in, in, there's no way on earth i could have designed my plan the way my life the way it turned out if i was on the draw books i would have messed up a few times because i have proven through experience that i'm capable of causing a lot of damage but then you're like wow even with all that His grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in my time of need. His love and His mercy is continually following me. I can tell you story after story where literally God pulled me out of my own mess. I was just about to jump off a cliff and by the hand of God, and you're like, God, I'm overwhelmed. Yes, yes, my. I'm overwhelmed yes. by the way you have loved me. And he says, I loved you first. Even before you were born, I love you first. I love you more. Mm. The Bible says, but in the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Joel, chapter 2, Joel prophesied that. That our sons, our daughters, will be able to prophesy. Our young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Men and women. I had a young lady write me uh, some time back. She said, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time maybe if or maybe about 10 years or so but the last two years my husband and I just started reading the Bible we had never really made a commitment to to reading the Bible I'd never really read the Bible before, but we started reading the Bible and as we started reading the Bible and reading more more questions would come about things that we would do in church and sometimes would be confused and, and i know the question she was asking me about specifically had to do with the women in ministry and all that and, and, and i'm not going to even go into that because it's not the purpose of the message but but, but what, what what was awesome is that i complimented her and her husband for making a commitment To learn in the word. See, my life changed when I got started reading the Bible. That's why I actually, I'm I'm challenging you to read your Bible, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day. A lot of you are trained well in Sunday school, but you don't keep up with it. Oh boy, Lord help me. I remember I had gone to a conference. I was... uh, as a young person, a friend of mine was in a, involved, he was in the military, and he was in a military fellowship, association, whatever, of Christian military people. I don't even know what they called it. But they had a conference, he says, man, you've got to come with me. And I went, and there's a man, that, I don't even know his name, but he was a ranking officer high up there, and came in and shared about his faith. And how Jesus has changed his life. He says, uh, as he worked, there's a guy that walked next to him that was a Muslim imam, was a teacher, that always was telling him all about Islam. He's like, hey, you know, come anytime you had an opportunity, he'll try to convince you, you gotta look into Islam. It is the real way. And so here and, and and the guy was so um, um, consistent. That one time he says, Okay, gimme give, give me give me the Quran, I'll read it. And the guy was a reader, he loved to read. He says, Man, I never put a book down. When once done I was reading another one. So his life he was just a reader in his life. And he picked up that Quran and he read it all. And then it hit him. He says, All my life, I have been raised in a Christian home and I am a Christian. But I've never once read the Bible from cover to cover. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, and here I am. I just read the Quran. He says, you, got, "You know, I'm gonna start reading the Bible." Yeah. So he started just from Genesis chapter one, and he says he didn't go too far. He was crying in his room, repenting of his sin and say, "God, Christ, come into my life." Yeah. An encounter with the Word of God out of a desire to know Him became a reality and all of a sudden all these things that he had heard all his life began to be, become real. Yes. And, and that's what if you read more of what I just read which I, the ones that I skipped to read Paul says, because the first part he talks about praise he's talking about Jesus and who he is and who we are in him and the second part of verse, chapter 1 it's a strategic prayer that he prays for the church And in that prayer, one of the statements he says, he says, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge will come to you so that you will know him more. That's the statement he makes in that random prayer that he's praying for the church. But he's praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. You see, we never come to Christ unless through revelation. See, you can read the word, you can read the word and bring a revelation of God. Draws a verse that sustains you sometimes in a season that inspires you when you're discouraged, that challenges you when you need to pull your socks up, that tells you stop doing things the same way, turn away and fall. You get something that just shifts you. You're going one direction, the word hits you, and you're like, oh boy, I've been going the wrong way, and now uh, he is redirecting my path because the word has become alive inside of you. You see, you cannot have more of Jesus unless you have more of his word residing inside of you. Let's not be lazy about that because Satan knows that when a church is founded on the word, and the Spirit of God is bringing that wisdom and revelation into our hearts, the church is unstoppable. There is no power on earth that can stop the church of Jesus Christ. Political changes can happen. We can be silenced. We can be told that you're no longer allowed to meet in congregations like this because you're a threat to the right society. Don't look at me like that, it could never happen in America. It's happened in very good societies. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, when the believers have the word of God inside of them, Mm -hmm. the church of Jesus Christ cannot and never be destroyed by man, No power in hell is powerful enough to stop the word of God, to stop the church of God. He says, I am building my church, Jesus says, and the gates of hell will not be able to stand up against it. So he knows as long as we are distracted uh, with daily lies and we just keep putting it aside and putting aside and putting aside for another day, we will miss out on what God has for today. You know, he has plans for your future, but how many know that God has your plans for you today? yes. yes. Peter goes on to say that do, do, be wise in the way that you live. He says, don't leave us fools, leave us wise people, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. He says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. People don't understand the will of God, understand the word of God. And you can see fakeness from a distance. You can see more wrong foundation. God says we should not be swept away. But more than that, and it seems like I'm preaching from a protective standpoint, it is not just the protection part, it's a blessing that goes with it. You see, when we have our hearts filled with the word and revelation, then we begin to pray. Our prayer life changes. Because now our prayer is not just random prayers and the hope you do this for me prayer. We start praying with authority based on the promises of God that he has said. When you're praying for your finances, maybe you're going through a hard time financially, you could open up the word and begin to declare the blessings of the Lord that he's spoken in his word concerning your finances. Just a few if I would say he says that you're gonna be the head and not the tail above and not beneath the lender and not the borrower. Yeah. Right. Uncle Bax says I see these credit card statements I see this mortgage loan that uh, uh, seems to be only interest every month I write that check and it's like <laughs> your principal balance is the same practically Well, God, I want to turn things around because you promised in your people that we shall lend and we shall not borrow. Man, it might feel like I'm swimming in debt right now, but I hang on to the promise and I declare that I am the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. Maybe you've been given a doctor's report that seems like, oh my goodness, this is final. This is final. There is no hope. But I'm here to announce that the word of God says that we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Jesus who healed in the first century is the Jesus who heals in the 21st century. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we continue to believe and ask God for miracles even when we don't understand it. Because God's ways are not our ways. He says just as the heavens are above the earth, so His ways are above our ways. In Jesus' name. So, so you can start praying with authority on the promises of God. Kids are not doing well. Maybe you're wondering, is this kid going to succeed? Are they going to make a mess out of their lives? Are they going to make something out of their lives? You start talking about, you start praying about the promises of God concerning our children. Can I get a glory hallelujah right now in the house? And say so, Satan, you're trying, keep you're trying, you've tried a lot, but you're not gonna win this battle because my children are heritage of the Lord. Bless the grace shall be the peace of my children in Jesus' name. And so you can pray confidently, even if they keep seeming like they're going farther and farther out. You can keep relying upon those promises of God, for He says the blessing is for you and your children and your children's children to fourth and third generations because we love the Lord. And you can stand on it, Satan knocks upon you, says, No way. I don't receive that because the Lord's got my promise so we can pray with authority not because we are hardy or we are kind of arrogant or we we think too much of ourselves none of that is because we think highly of the one who's called us and the one that's promised we can count on his word we need more of Jesus we need to be hungry God increase our hunger for you God Lord, take away those cravings of uh, that that keeps us yes, oh from you, God. and yes, oh Right now, just take a moment where you uh, are. Maybe there's something in your life. I want you to just bow your head and give something to Jesus. Every one of us have certain things that keep, or keep us deviated from where we need to be with respect to the Lord's ways and more of him. While sometimes it's sin or just distraction or indiscipline. Lord, we just laid at the foot of the cross today. Yes. I want you to just pray right now and give it to Jesus. I'm not going to pray for you. I want you to pray for you. And just give it to those. Lord, I surrender, Lord. I surrender these to you. are laid at the foot of the cross today, God. Take away every distraction, every distraction, and the sin that so easily ensnares us. As you say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, God. We ask in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Come on, keep praying. I feel like there's miracles that are taking place even as we are praying right now. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, just begin to pray in the Spirit right now because God is doing miracles. It's not even the prayer at the end. God works in the middle of everything that He's doing right now. God is healing. God is delivering. God is setting free. God is setting people free from addictions that they have been so ashamed of. And today God is setting you free from your shame. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. for he who the Son of God has set free is free indeed in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord glory and praise in the house. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. More than anything we need, we need more of Jesus. And you know, sometimes it's so easy sometimes to go through the ropes. I was talking to a gentleman recently that have gone through religion. He says, I have a very deep religious roots in my family. I don't want to throw the religion in front of everyone right now because I'm still praying and witnessing to this gentleman and he's hungry for God. And uh, his wife had shown up at church once but says, man, it was so different from what they're used to. And I don't think she even heard anything but it probably made them, whoa, who are these people? But what I found, and and, and many of you that maybe grew up in religion, because I know that, because I grew up, my mom was Catholic, my dad was Anglican, so I I know these things. Oftentimes, people would judge what they judge, not by the content, Mm -hmm. but by the flavor. Mm -hmm. When I was a little kid, I remember, I'd go into the, cabinet where my mom would put her baking stuff and all that and before I discovered vanilla, you know vanilla has just the most wonderful smell in the world. How many know when Put it on a cappuccino or something, it's just so good. As a little kid I'm climbing up there, that smells so good, right? And as any curious little George, if you know the monkey you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to try this. <laughs> you feel like you're going to die because it tastes so bad. Yet it smells so good. <laughs> and that's sometimes how the enemy entices us, yeah. but also it was also sometimes where people judge things that they are not aware of so they miss out on the content is like, did you hear what was being said did you listen keenly and allowed yourself to to hear what was being sung it might not have been sung the same way with no instrument and standing like this but did you hear it? Mm -hmm. See, the very same thing happened when the inception of the church began in Acts chapter 2 so there are 120 believers that were meeting in a place And they were meeting, it says that they were praying, and Jesus had instructed them to wait and not leave Jerusalem until the promise had come. And it says that the place in Acts chapter 2 where they were gathered and they were praying, it says that the Spirit of God came upon that place, and the place where they were meeting, it shook, people were just crying and praying, there was so much passion, in the place there was commotion the whole city knew something was going on in that room and people would come around and check out to try to see what is going on here and he says that some of them will look and says man aren't those people drunk Mm -hmm. they must have had a great party right here they seem crazy they relate. they they equated it to drunkenness some of them said "Wait, wait, wait, wait a minute them glorifying God saying good things about God yeah. and what they're saying is like wow I hear them say things about God glorifying God and saying good things about God and what's even more fascinating is that I see people who are not from here speaking and glorifying God in my own language mm-hmm they didn't understand it they had never seen anything like that before of course nothing like that had ever happened before but yet they listened and when they listened they heard and they heard God being glorified and they had good things about God being mentioned and they spoke to their hearts and they they waited around even though they couldn't connect the door. They had no references to connect with what was happening until the word of God was opened by Peter and he would speak the word. And it says that that day, 3,000, they came back to Peter and says, Peter, we've listened to you talk. We've, talk, we've listened to you talk about Jesus. And how you connected the dots of the Old Testament and who the Messiah was. No, 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 no. We feel something in our hearts. What do we do with this information? Jesus, Peter says, you need to repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you know what, what, what's amazing about that story that I can relate it to our time right now is that. It seems like whenever the Holy Spirit is brought up in the church, when people don't understand the subject of the Holy Spirit and the expressions that come with it, some of them are quick to dismiss it. Just like the man that observes and says, a bunch of drunk people at 9 o'clock in the morning, who even does that? Have nothing to do with that. That's crazy. And so, we sometimes don't emphasize on the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in the church because we are afraid to be associated with the ones that would say, bunch of crazy people. But yet, the church is powerless unless we would receive the power of the Holy Spirit and yet our religion is meaningless unless uh, that word is interacted with what Paul continues to say on there that I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge will come to you so that you will be able to know him Because God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's in that spirit that the revelation of worship, the revelation of service, the revelation of of word, whatever we do, it is in that spirit that these things that we do become more than just religion, but they become a reality of who we are. I had I, I purpose to maybe build on these points and I would not, but I would just summarize it. Is that when we are filled with that spirit, and the, when, we say, when I say filled with Jesus, it really is being filled with the spirit of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, our worship now begins to be filled with awe, there is an awe in the way we worship, we don't just sing songs, yes we sing from our heart we let those words come from our mind where we can process them and think about but we allow it to go deeper from the depths of our souls where we can allow ourselves to relax and release what we are feeling that appreciation because if you, if you allow your mind to go there and let those words get into your soul of how good, how gracious, how merciful, how beautiful, how glorious, how magnificent, how, how, how majestic, how glorious, how marvelous the Lord is. And you just begin to connect with what's in your yeah. spirit and allow your your faculties to, 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 to shout it out and, and say it out. and. And not just think it, but, but but process it and let it bubble up from your spirit into the heart of God. Your worship is filled with wonder and awe because you can close your eyes and begin to see the beauty of the Lord. Amen. You can close your eyes and begin to see his mercy, his grace hallelujah and you realize how blessed you are and how blessed you have been even when you didn't know it he knew you and he preserved you and allowed you the opportunity to see him for who he is so your worship is not just an art where i go in, check in my sunday box no it's something of a lifestyle that you have when you come in a place like this it's just getting together with the congregation of people who are worshiping like you the first time you worship was not not on Sunday morning at ten thirty AM you are worshiping all week and now we just got together and we unified our worship and we glorify God who alone yes. is worthy of praise. Our prayers become, that's too. the prayers become prayers of faith. I've already made that point because now you're not just praying words. You're not just hoping that God would do this. You are praying what God has already said and declared because you know his promises are yes and amen by Christ Jesus. When you serve, it's not because you are pulled by the church and said, oh, hey, would you do this? And it's coming out of our obligation. You see the bigger picture of what God's doing on the earth and it's just put us in the middle of being a part of what he's doing our generation. And so I serve the Lord with joy, like he says in Psalm 100, verse 2, he says that serve him with joy, serve him with gladness. Huh? And in Hebrews he repeats, he says that, don't let your elders serve with grief. Be one that serves so that they, they serve with joy too, not with grief, because you don't benefit. From it. So you, you, serve, you serve, when you're serving, you're happy about it. You don't have anybody have to tell you that you need to serve. You know that God's given me this. I can't do this. uh, I'm here, Lord. What do you want me to do? I'm your servant. What do you want me to do with my hands? What do you want me to do with my talent? What do you want me to do with my voice? What do you want me to do with my money? What do you want me to do with my time? What do you want me to do, God? I want to show you glory by the way I serve. He says the greatest among them shall be the servant of all. And even in walking that walk as I close, it doesn't exempt us from, from suffering. In fact, sometimes we even suffer because we follow Christ. Yeah. But in our suffering, our suffering is not purposeless. Now, we suffer with perseverance, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. And when that has take, fully taken place, it says that we will have endurance and perseverance. Of God sometimes that allows our faith to be tested. And as we walk through that testing of faith, we become stronger and better than we are before. How many can give a witness this morning that there are times where you went through a hardship, you went through failure, you went through disappointment, and, and then when you look back later, when you're going through it, you couldn't see it. But when you went look at, at your life, better you say, I'm so happy that I went through that adversity because it made me better than I was before. So everything beca- has a meaning. And so all those things would not define anymore just because you went through tragedy does not it doesn't make you a tragic figure you know when you when you you just because you you failed it doesn't make your failure you know if you 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 experience loss you're not a loser you know that your faith goes through phases of trials and testing but God is making something beautiful out of the ashes in our lives in Jesus name amen God is making something beautiful Can we determine to get more of Jesus? Yes. Do you know when we get more of him, when it's more of him? That's why we take time and we try to, to not rush. If we feel like the Lord is doing something, we will dwell there. Because we don't want to miss out on what God wants to do. Because God works in surprises sometimes. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. But I believe God is about to do something on the earth. What he promised for the last days is for now. His prison, if he will find a people in Lincoln, Nebraska who will say, we want Jesus. We want more of you, Lord. We want more of your spirit. Yes. And we are not ashamed of your gospel. Yes. We want more of you. Because when you find more of him, all the different things begin to align. Yes. You know, sometimes we're trying to make, fix things up, fix things up, fix things up. So we get, no, he says, no, 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 forget the things up. Get me, and you find all the blessings that come with it. Did you receive something from Jesus this morning? Amen. All right. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to pray. Amen.